Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes host examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I am one of your hosts this week. Uh, I'm the executive producer of the Silverado Minute and also uh, the host of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. My name is Jim O'Kane. And I am this week's sidekick. I'm wearing my Gabby Hayes hat. I'm, I'm riding a burrow about 10 paces behind uh, Jim. <laughs> playing a one-string banjo, and my name is Brett Stillo. I do, unfortunately, I have a confession to make. I have all my teeth. Uh, so pa- I'm not... Pappy Stillo, they call him, yeah. Pappy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I commend you, my friend, for, for not resorting all week to any um, old coot voices. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so hard now. Why did you tell me that? Uh... No, we'll, we'll uh, be fine. We'll, we'll be, be o- fine. We'll be so... okay. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine, you know, you live in Texas, uh, yes. So you don't you don't have to do that. But, you know, just a simple a howdy is fine. Yes, howdy is the normal. Uh, you know, it, it's funny how fast if you if you move to Texas, how fast you adopt howdy as a, a way to to. That's a fine howdy do when you meet people. It, it, <laughs> it, it slides out easy. It's a great. It puts people in a good mood. You're very. It's very non confrontational to say howdy to people. So I recommend it at all, at all possible social interactions. Start with a howdy and see how it goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we are in, well, we're, we're in the movie, uh, Silverado now, and we've got 85 minutes behind us. I can't get over how fast this movie's going by. Um, but we are, we're in minute 85 where, uh, Mal has just saved Emmett from near certain death. Um, or, well, he's about to save Emmett from certain death because, uh, the guys are still thinking about, uh, shooting Mal and getting away with it, but, uh, that ain't gonna happen. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna end the minute with, uh. Mal getting the lowdown, the bird's eye lowdown of uh, the, what happened to his daddy's uh, Henry rifle. In one of the prettiest caves I've ever seen. Isn't it? And well lit, too. Who, go A figure. perfect cave. We'll talk yeah. more about perfect caves. Uh, but yeah, here's, here's one for you, because as you said, you know, they're, they're going to try to get the jump on Mal, which is a bad idea. And, you know, we see one of the deputies appears to be... He, it would seem he was fatally shot. Yes. Did he yes. fall Char- off his horse? Poor, poor Charlie, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I sort of lost count. You know, then after, then we see, and that we have a nice cut to uh, three horseless uh, deputies walking home. And it's like, well, there's three of them. Were there, so were there four in the gang? I, 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 think, I lost yeah, count. I, I think we had four. And then uh, we just, at the beginning of this minute, we kind of lose Charlie because he's doing that fake out where he says, I think we should do what he says. And of course he's going to, he's going to draw on Mal and Mal's not having any. Mm-mm. So he, he makes him take a dirt nap really quick. <laughs> dirt nap. Boom. And uh, I don't understand what happened to Tyree's horse though. Cause poor Tyree's walking home. He's got oh. his, uh. I mean, all of them are walking. Yeah, but you know, Tyree's got his spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle, and and uh, he's uh, he's walking along that along that road. And uh, the other the other fellow that got uh, shot in the hand, he's kind of 
nursing that along as they head back. And, uh, yeah. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing that, that could have been done better is, uh, you know, the ultimate Western insult. And that's, you know, they're reduced to their long underwear. Oh yeah. Yeah. As that's, much as Payton was at the beginning. Yeah. Payton. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, being, you know, being forced to parade around in your, in your long johns is, is the bottom of the barrel. But what, what I would like to think is, uh, you know, Mal, of course, probably took their guns and at the first opportunity, Tyree's horse said, Hey, I've never liked you. So the horse is all just <laughs> at that moment, you know, and you can kind of picture Mal saying, Hey, you horses can do whatever you want. And, uh, or is, yeah, we're, we're, we had nothing to do with this. Yeah, they actually we're... apologized to Emmett. Hey, he was on my back. Literally. <laughs> we're going up to join a dressage unit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go find a nice horse range somewhere. Yeah, I was, I was meant for the steeplechase. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, then they, uh, they get back to, uh, gosh, that, uh, that cave, I keep, you know, I was like, where did they get the cave from? And then it, hit me that uh Ezra was living in a cave like a I forget how he said it. he said he's like living in like a rat in a cave so I That's think this, right. might have, this might have been Ezra's old uh homestead out there in the in the backwood you know or not in the back in the underneath underneath the uh the the stone formations of a, of a canyon um but so that, that may yeah. explain all the equipment there and it's everything you'd want in a cave yeah. You know, you can you can you can sit comfortably. It looks like you can stand, and yeah. apparently the the walls uh, are luminous. Yeah, and, and uh, smokeless apparently smokeless wood for the fire. So it's a it's nice finding. Maybe it's a natural gas uh, vein that is uh, heating up there, but there doesn't seem to be any smoke at all. Even though there's a lack of a flu. Now, now, Jim, I'm going to issue you a challenge. I'm going to draw the line in the sand just a little bit because you are probably, you know, you are probably the most knowledgeable person about the the craft of filmmaking. Uh, you know, you 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 are well versed in everything. What do you know about cave sets and what that cave might be constructed from? Um, I'm thinking it's mostly, you know, most of the uh, most of this is just chicken wire and plaster. It's the easiest way to do it. You. As as you are familiar with the theater arts, there's uh, the good thing about any kind of a set is that you don't need much of a structure behind anything. All you need to do is show what's going to appear on film. So you don't really need that much in the way of structure behind anything. I'm assuming that these uh, these things are made with uh, probably chicken wire, uh, some craft paper, and uh, you know basically large paper mache that you're dealing with some plastering. And uh, little little else, I would think this is just in the corner of a studio, and uh, you know when you look at how tight the shot is, how close they are, they didn't really have to build much to make this. You know, just maybe two corners of a wall. There you go. Um, there you go. But uh, it's it's amazing how uh, ubiquitous. You were talking earlier about the uh, the red uh, long johns or union suit. Uh, long johns seem to be the uh uniform of the west in you know somewhere everybody's got uh red long johns on and we see that mal has a is sitting there in a pair of red long johns with a i guess some corduroy pants and boots over it um i noticed this you know as a as a child 
most of my Western background focused on uh, watching F Troop every week. And, <laughs> nice. Uh, I know everybody in there, at least Sergeant O'Rourke, at least, was constantly wearing uh, long johns. And uh, they'd be always sticking out of his shirt and things like that. And I thought, oh, that must have been the, the common thing back then. And I thought, oh, maybe it's just an oversimplification. But it does seem to be very common in a lot of Western movies. Uh, if you watch 310 from 310 from Yuma, there's uh, uh, a lot of the guys are wearing uh, long johns underneath there, to, you know, those cold, uh, cold Arizona nights. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, and I, I noticed uh, the, the way I noticed it in this is um, Emmett does not have red long johns. He's wearing gray long johns. <laughs> so, right. Ever the iconoclast. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he has the matching headband, which uh, yeah. will stay on as long as he needs to be ill. Yeah, um, but I don't want to get too far ahead. But just magic keep, headband. Yeah, magic keep headband. you keep your eye on that headband because he can only he'll only be sick as long as he keeps the the sick thing on. Exactly, um, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know again the magic of movie making. Really, really, you know, it is magic. The yeah, it's, it, this is a cave set. You don't think about it. Um, your mind just kind of says, "Oh, they're in a cave. Cool." Um, but that's, yeah, it's probably in a studio somewhere and yeah, I'll bet you, you know, that, that, you know, the, the cave walls are far enough in the background that, you know, if you were to look at them closer, you'd probably see, oh yeah, totally fake, but, uh, you know, this is the perfect illusion, uh, of a cave. And again, John, John Bailey, and just, you know, it's that kind of everything is in that wonderful, you know rusty burnt orange hue of sepia tone this is a very orange movie in the True. best sense yeah. of the word yeah. well the 80s were very orange i think it was the the time of uh, members only jackets and uh <laughs> just generally burnt orange everything um and oh my gosh so many so many western tropes this uh, <coughs> uh mal has discovered his daddy's uh, henry rifle and uh this to me this was a callback to yet another um, sh uh, movie that was full of Western trips. I think it was the year before, 1984, I think was uh, uh, Romancing the Stone, if you'll recall. Ah. Um, Joan Wilder played by uh, the incomparable... Uh, Kathleen Turner. Yeah, Kathleen, yeah, the yes. incomparable Ta Kathleen Turner, who was also in uh, you know the other Lawrence Kasdan movie. Um, but, uh, you know, she's playing Joan Wilder, the uh, Western romance novelist. And I just keep thinking about... Uh, uh, the opening was with uh, where she was going to uh, kill uh, Grogan, who uh, I'm getting the quote right. The man who killed my father, raped and murdered my sister, burned my ranch, shot my dog and stole my bi daddy's Bible. <laughs> um, but that, that's uh, that, that's what this, you know, he somebody stole his daddy's uh, Henry rifle. I mean, he killed killed uh, poor Ezra. But uh, Malachi was going to settle the score for uh, for stealing his dad's Henry rifle, and uh, so we set up we've set up the vengeance of Mal here. He knows he knows that he got he, that the rifle came from one of McKendrick's men. So now McKendrick is uh, McKendrick is Mal's sworn enemy. Even though I think he kind of he kind of could guess that because McKendrick's uh, McKendrick's men had cornered them about you know fifteen minutes fifteen minutes ago in this movie for uh, saying that they were going to uh, turn McKendrick's cattle into stakes if they found them on their property. <laughs> That's so, right. Uh, um, so now, but now he's got evidence that 
these are the guys that killed daddy and uh we're definitely you know now we're deep in the in the uh the engine that is uh, act three um yeah we're the the wheels are in in motion and uh not nothing quite like vengeance in a western yeah yeah and i don't know what Emmett did wrong to uh i mean other than uh i mean mckendrick doesn't like Emmett because he killed mckendrick's brother even though that was justified so Emmett Emmett's come back much like you know obi-wan um he's come <laughs> back to a place where he isn't welcome at least by the the bad guys that run the town and and run the ranch and and you know pretty much are the the bad folk so uh he's been dragged into this Emmett wanted to leave Emmett just wanted to stop by say hi to his sister and then uh, head out but that ain't gonna happen now anymore he's uh he's got to get him involved and Jake involved and you know and then Payton has to choose between his old his old uh uh, bank robbing buddy and uh, his new friends that he's met along the way um which yeah. is pretty pretty much this the, the uh, plot line of uh, britney spears's crossroads isn't it i just thought no. um now i gotta see that movie there you go yeah it's, it's it's not yeah it's not where you're going it's just the friends you meet along the way that matter ah, um and that's but, yeah that, that's that could be a subtitle for this movie or yeah this subtext. is like yeah the uh this is like the uh, sisterhood of the traveling uh uh, chaps yeah, it's, uh, traveling so. the brother of the traveling six gun but uh, yeah yeah i mean it's uh, you made an interesting point about emmett who arguably is uh maybe maybe the most uh maybe the most lethal guy of the team yeah you know, he's, he's a he, he's a stone cold killer but he is really trying hard to just move along and like yeah i'm on yeah. my way to california and uh, by the way, a little little fan fiction. My theory is in Silverado two um, that you know years later Jake and Emmett get involved in the movie business. Ooh, and you know they become As you know stuntmen, yeah, or something. Yeah, like. and it's that whole you know the the Tom well, Mix factor. Yeah, yeah, that Waldo Pepper thing. It's just kind of a exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's the it's that crossover that you know. Um, you know, when does the West end and when does the Western movie begin? You know, yeah. they, they kind of just merge together. Uh, and 40 years have gone by. So if this was like 1875, this would be like 19. Yeah, this would this would actually work if, uh, if you know, he, like the, the late teens, early 20s. Um, everybody's aged enough that uh, yeah. they could be, you know, they could have been moguls by now. Yeah, the, you know, these movies, you know, the Western movies sort of, it's, it's almost like a time warp where there's a this, you know, you, you're, it's this bubble where it's, you know, it's, it's never 1900. And, you know, this world doesn't, you know, exist beyond that, but it did. And, uh, yeah, you, you have these interesting, interesting, uh, you know, crossovers with, you know, very Victorian uh adventurers in the 20th century yeah i mean you see you see that in things like uh, butch cassidy yeah and yeah. uh or especially in uh dito de laurentis's uh, the shootist uh john wayne's last film begins with the death of queen victoria 
Uh, right. John, yeah. John, John Wayne has a cancer that can't be cured because it's 1900, but he decides he's going to learn everything there is to know about the 20th century by reading a newspaper for the first time. And uh, yeah, it's it's like the world the world is changing. And how do you how do you deal with that kind of change? This is you know all these tropes are going to be old or you know they're not going to fit in the newer world. Um, I'm trying. Uh, there was a there was a TV series in the early '70s called Bearcats. I remember Bearcats. Yes, remember with Bearcats. Uh, Dennis Cole and, and Rod uh, Taylor. Rod Taylor, that's right. Yeah, and uh, and a 1905 Stutz Bearcat that they traveled across uh, the West. Um, but yeah, it's all about you know like what happens when the world changes like that. Um, and, but, you know, of course, Silverado doesn't have any of that, the coming of the new. This is, this is even, this, the weirdest part about this movie is it's a Western without a railroad. None of these, oh, wow. none of really these towns point. have a railroad, you know, it's, I mean, it's well after 1869, we've got, we've got the Transcontinental Railroad going. Um, Southern Pacific would be blasting through in uh, 1872, 1875. So I'm, I'm thinking they just picked a couple of towns where there weren't any railroads. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's kind of peculiar. Well, that's it. You know, they're, they're, I think in the making of this movie, the Kazan brothers made some very deliberate choices um, because it's, you know, very much this movie is sort of the West is still open. There's still possibilities. Um, you know, there were like uh, prior to Silverado, there's like, you know, a whole generation of movies that really are, very somber, you know, it's the close of the West, it's the end of the era, it's, you know, it's, it's the wild bunch, it's like, yeah. it's over, it's done, and uh, this one is like, yeah, it's, it is literally wide open spaces. Yeah, uh, and, and, and word, word doesn't get around, there's no telegraph between Turley and Silverado. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's odd that these towns are sort of like islands and i think you know the producer writer directors they ignored certain things like yeah you could see them in a production meeting saying yeah no railroads yeah it's not yeah. about the railroad it's not about the railroad coming into town and changing the economics and yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like um i guess an example would be uh moffett tunnel in uh, west of denver polder creek and getting up to uh winter park uh, you, when Moffat Tunnel wasn't built until the 1920s, but before that, um, Winter Park and all the, you know, all those, well, what would turn to ski resorts, um, all of that stuff was isolated. They're little islands of uh, civilization in the middle of nowhere. They're trading posts and things, but you'd have to go, um, uh, you know, you have to go to like Rollins Pass and things like that. There was all these different uh hills and valleys that you had to get to but once you punched a couple of holes through the rockies uh it became a different world and the and everything shrunk in between we, we see that in in this movie um and i know this is this minute but we're you know, getting back from like turley getting to turley had the end across deserts and and snow-filled uh mountains and things to get in between wherever uh you know wherever um Emmett was in that in that cabin we saw him at the beginning to get the Turley, and then it took them days to get you know at least three maybe five days to get from Turley to uh, Silverado. So that's a lot of a lot of mountainous trips in what they what uh, Emmett had described as bad country. So you don't know. I mean, 
it wasn't just um there weren't like native tribes and things like that it was just bad people like like the ones that he ran into out in the middle of nowhere that uh, were ready to waylay uh travelers um so it's still the wild uh west it's not it's not tamed except as you were saying these little islands of civilization yeah and you know in, in spite of its uh you know the dangers it's it, it's a pretty hopeful place i mean again this is uh two guys who are deciding to take the western back like i think two generations yeah to um you know i mentioned uh you know like the pre-war westerns uh the big epics like dodge city but i think there's also you know if you look at the immediate post-war western um say a red river where yeah. it's you know it's it's you know or and then how, yeah or how the west was won for example yeah or, yeah how the west was won or even i mean even um i think it's a favorite of yours the big country yeah oh for sure yeah i mean which, that's, which ties like the east with the west because you know gregory peck had come from the very far east of rhode island and stuff so it's uh it's interesting how I, I think people that don't watch a lot of westerns think that the westerns are always post civil war pre 1900 and they're you know they all happened in they all happened in dodge city some you know <laughs> and there was a shootout at the end of every movie well, maybe there was but um it, it's interesting that the movie west is so much different from the, the historic west and where where we located the west i mean we I live in Texas, you live in San Francisco, and some, I think we generally tend to think of the West as being somewhere between you and me. Um, right. But right. There's, there's been a lot of West, you know? It's like, I mean, I always think of the absolute West it would be the days of the Pony Express and Sacramento and Dodge City. And, but, you know, that only, that was in the 1850s. And that only, the, the Pony Express itself only lasted something like 11 months. Um, but we build, we build such a legend behind all this stuff. You have to fit more stories into just that one little. It's it's like watching Mash. You know, Mash was on for what eleven years, and the whole the whole <laughs> Korean War itself lasted maybe two and a half years. Yeah. So, um, but... No, it's it, it's funny. I uh, I'm forgetting the movie. I, you know, I recently saw a movie that was set in the 1960s. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It was it was Cruella. Ah um fun you know disney movie geared for a younger audience but it was it was like a mulligan stew of post-war pop culture right and it was it wasn't that they it was it reminded me a lot of a western because it was sort of like okay uh we'll do an elvis presley song and and that goes straight into punk rock and uh it it was yeah i i kind of saw where like the western it's it's like yeah there's there's the railroad there's the pony express uh there's buffalo bill it's it's sort of all happening at once it was like no there's a there's a chronology here there's you know yeah yeah i mean and, and there's ways of like i mean you know wild wild west uh, if, if you think about it was supposed to be during the time of president grant which would put it somewhere in the uh, early 1870s um but it, you know it's like they have modern weapons and things it's basically a james bond spoof right. uh, and but we don't care about that because this is, the, this is the west of hollywood and we can fit whatever we want to in there it's not yeah it, it's 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 not history this is this is shakespeare we're, we're looking at drama we're looking at comedy we're looking at uh things we know 
or don't know or things that we expect to see in a western and uh it got silverado packs it all in it doesn't have to be uh it doesn't have to be chronologically accurate but uh we still have the have the same feelings for these people the people in silverado are 1980s sensibility everybody you know everybody gets along like they're in the 1980s yeah and uh yeah this is no different than uh than watching goodfellas or something it's a you know bad guys versus the good guys yeah but yeah, I think I think this and this is a good maybe a good way to 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 kind of wrap up this week is, uh, you know, I think that's that was the appeal then of Silverado. I think it is now. It's it's a very, you know, it's got a lot of emotional buttons that are pressed, and you know, it's, um, it, it's again, it's very deliberate. It's hey, you know those those scenes when you know the the wagons go across the river. Isn't that cool? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, oh, he's got to have a silver hat band, you know, and just yeah, like yeah, yeah. various <laughs> elements. It's, it's, it's a bit like a shopping list. And there's that, there's um, that girl that, uh, that Toto wrote that song about. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's her. Yeah. In yeah, a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in a, in a role that I, I'm assuming there was quite a bit left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I, I always wonder about that. Is it? Was it did did they make the change from what they saw in the dailies, or was it just because there's only so much time and they just had to get rid of one of the stories? They want the story too many, or it's a it's a mystery. Yeah. I, I I reached out to Roseanne Arquette's agent, but uh, no response. So ah. oh well, she oh, you know, well. We, we still got forty minutes left of the movie, so hopefully somebody somebody yeah. will get her to come in and chat about it. But we'll see. it was worth a try. It was worth yeah. a try. Yeah. But, well, uh, well, listen, this this has been a fascinating week with you, Brad. I, I really appreciate you sitting in and uh, and going over yet another yet another five minutes of this film. It's a uh, it's a lovely film uh, for. If, you know, for the first time viewer or for people like you and me who have seen it more times than we can count. Um, oh, yeah. Well, a real treat to revisit it and, and to get a, an extra weekend. Like I said, I was I was in limbo and Turley. Yeah. Was, you know, a place I would never reach. But, uh, you know, this is this is a very special movie for me. I mentioned this uh, in my week uh, that Josh Horowitz and I did. But uh, Confession Time, I was I, growing up, I was not a big fan of Westerns didn't like them, preferred science fiction movies and science fiction shows, but this movie really lit it up for me. That's why, you know, I think again mentioning, you know, the Kasdans and making decisions that were very, I think, emotive and, you know, almost empathic. Like after Silverado, it was like, yeah, what are some other good ones? And I spent the next five years, yeah, seeking out, you know, uh, like I mentioned, Red River and the Searchers and yeah, the big country. And, you know, it was really like, okay, what are the other great Westerns? And so this one really, it, it was like the Wild West. It was full of possibility. It, it, it is, a, it's a, it's a great entry point. And I'm, I'm no, I know that a lot of our hosts, uh, especially the young, younger hosts, I think everybody's younger than us, but uh, our, <laughs> young, our, our younger hosts who don't watch a lot of Westerns, this is a great entry point to the world of Westerns because it gives you all the, it gives you all the cliches, but if you haven't seen the cliches before, this is all new. This is all a nice introduction. You get a, you get a feel for what the gunslinger movie is like and where, where the basic elements are here. I think it, and as you said, it, it you can expand outward and watch the searchers and watch uh stagecoach and red river and all the other ones and just get the whole flavor of, you know, the different ways people like John Ford, 
um, looked at the West and interpreted for, for audiences. Um, I, I think this is very much an 80s movie, but it's also a very timeless film that'll, you know, I think kids and grandkids uh, will be watching this 20, 40 years from now and still finding new insights in it. So uh, hopefully, and hopefully they've, they've listened to, the, to our podcast uh, to, to get some more insights and, uh, and raise some more questions about it. Agreed. Wow. Well, on that yeah, note, yeah. Yeah. yes. Thank you so much uh, this week for being being with me. And uh, let's go over a little bit uh, again where people can listen to you if they've enjoyed your scintillating commentary here in Silverado. I know you've got some other movies by minutes uh, shows out there as well as uh, some drama as well. Oh yeah. So yeah, real quick, I'll uh, you know I'm, I'm me and Josh Horowitz are all about the the five minute weekly digest version. Five minutes of trouble. Uh, Big Trouble Little China, Five Minutes of Bonsai, The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension, uh, and uh, Twelve Chimes It's Midnight, which is the old-time radio drama. Uh, I also want to I also want to plug uh, my wife and uh, co uh, co performer Audra Wolfman. She does a great show called Speak Easily versus the Eighties. If uh, if you like eighties movies. Uh, it's a very irreverent look at certain 80s classics like, say, oh, Hard Bodies. Oh, boy. And oh. Uh, yeah, well, they don't do it one minute at a time, though. I, I try to tell them, no, you need to break it up. They just, but yeah, they, they, uh, it's a great show. Uh, I, I've been meaning to get on there with, uh, of course, I have about, you know, you know the, the 80s are a great era for guilty pleasure movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah, things that you really don't want to tell people you watched or would watch again yeah um, yeah you don't you know you you would never want anyone to know yet when it comes out you will defend that movie tooth and nail <laughs> and that's that's just one element of 80s cinema which this is uh silverado is uh it's it's not that kind of an 80s movie but, no, uh, no, but you it, without without those other kind of movies you wouldn't realize how great silverado is <laughs> so. true enough True enough. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, but thanks for having me on. It is always uh, a pleasure just hanging out with you and talking movies. Wow. Well, thanks again. I'm sure we will be doing this again in the future with a different film. But, yes, uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll be we'll be picking it up next year. Um, for folks who want to listen to any previous uh, episodes that you may have missed of this particular uh, podcast, you can find them out there at all the regular sites: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at our main site, SilveradoMinute.com, where you can read. Uh, there's links to other people's uh, uh, shows, and uh, you can find out scripts and uh, previous episodes right out there, SilveradoMinute.com. If you'd like to talk with us, we are always available on the two-way version of this uh, in uh, social media, The Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon on Facebook, or on Twitter at Silverado Minute uh, MXM. Uh, I want to also mention that there are hundreds of other Movies by Minutes podcasts, which uh, Brett and I are part of. Uh, they're available at moviesbyminutes.com. Uh, you should check out the site for more great shows. If you, chances are your favorite movie is out there as a uh, as a Movies by Minutes uh, show. If it isn't, we'd love to have you on the show. It's not that hard to uh, get involved. Thank you again for staying with us all week. We'll be back next week with a new bunch of hosts. But uh, we'll see you here next time on the Silverado Minute. And uh, remember this weekend. Yee-haw! Yee-haw!